Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Leafs falling 5-3 to three to the Florida Panthers. Man, this was such an annoying loss. This was this was a game that they had in their hands, just in their grasp, and they just kind of pissed it away. It was such a big game with an important two points on the line, too, against a team that, that's chasing you in the playoff standings. And uh, you give them two points and, and actually fall out of third spot in the Atlantic Division by way of points percentage uh, and Florida with two games in hand, both now tied at 63 points apiece. Um, all in all, this was a four-point swing that the Leafs had to get. They really had to, and they just gave it away, gave it to Florida with a, a poor third-period performance. Um, and that's kind of what it boiled down to. I thought the first couple of periods were were actually fantastic by the Leafs. They really controlled play. Uh, when we get into the the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, I'm, I'm I'll go over how well I, I thought that they played to start the game, but then just an absolute collapse uh, in the third period. You know, it's a 60-minute game for a reason, and, and the Leafs time and time again just keep proving that they're not playing 60 minutes. Um, you know, your not-so-fun stat of the day, tonight was the ninth time this season that the Leafs had a third-period lead or were tied and failed to even get to overtime. That's nine loser points that they've given up and that's the difference between being in third place in the NHL and out of the playoffs like they currently sit right now. So, you know, they've they've it's started to become a bit of a uh a pattern here where the Leafs just kind of crumbling late. Um it's, it was a game that they should have won too. Like Sheldon Keefe said it best right after the game, you know, when he was asked what 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 he thought on the game, he said that's a game that we win 99 times out of 100. And it is, right? Like, they played two amazing first periods. They led by two early in the third, and then they just couldn't close it out. You know, uh, above all else, they they lost their starting goalie who left the game after the first with a a concussion is what they're calling it. Uh, Sheldon Keefe said that he will be reevaluated tomorrow before they give a timeline or discuss the severity of the injury. But Keefe did say that he passed a concussion test, but they wanted to be cautious, so... I mean, well, he needs to be okay and good to go. Uh, the Leafs cannot afford to lose Freddie Anderson for any amount of time, whether it's a week, two weeks, a month, nothing. They cannot go any further in this playoff race if they don't have Anderson between the pipes. He's been their their season MVP for most of the season. I know Matthews has played really well as of late, but you know, if you don't have Anderson for a couple of weeks, that's that's going to be tough, especially what you saw what happened with Michael Hutchinson once he finally started getting some shots on him. Um, and with that, let's let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and then followed by that, we're gonna we're gonna have some 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 more thoughts on the game, and we'll talk about the Anderson injury. And with that, I'm also gonna take a look into the backup goalie market. I have one under the radar name that I haven't heard get tossed out there, uh, at least not by any of the the big wigs uh, quite yet. But uh, I, I do have one name that I'm interested to see if maybe the Leafs can can kind of look look into him as the trade deadline approaches and as they now more than ever really need to shore up that goaltending position. Uh, So that'll be in the third segment. So make sure to stick around for that, but let's get to the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, We'll start with the good. All right. The first, 
41 minutes of this game. Fantastic. All Leafs, they killed it. They were all over the Panthers to start the game. Um, you know, in shots on goal, they led 27 to 11 through two periods. They only allowed, I think, three shots on goal in that entire second period, none of which being high danger chances. Um, and it was it was fantastic. Uh, I thought that a really good defensive effort, which helped shelter Hutchinson through the second <laughs> the second period. Uh, in the first period, Freddie Anderson had to make a couple of big stops, but he did make those saves, especially that one on Huberto, um, where he kind of stretched over and made that that save there. Uh, but other than that, you know, the, the Leafs really didn't give up much grade-A chances. Uh, so I thought that they were great defensively. Offensively, they had a number of shots uh, on towards Bobrovsky was kind of the story of the game for Florida, him and Michael Pissick. We'll talk about that uh, in the next segment. But I thought that overall, the first couple of periods, they were fantastic. And, and it was it was really good. And it was just unfortunate that it all kind of got undone in just a couple of minutes. You know, they, they, they give up a goal and then they take a stupid penalty and then they give up a, the tying goal. And then a few minutes later, Florida ends up um, ends up with uh, with the, the go ahead goal. And <laughs> there's two names that are kind of synonymous with all of these goals I'm referring to. The first name, it bleeds into my bad. So who I thought had a bad game tonight, Michael Hutchinson. It's tough. You know, he didn't get the start. He didn't know he was going to play tonight. This is a big divisional game. There's a lot of pressure. And he came in cold. He was barely testing the second period. Like I said earlier, he he just three shots on game and a couple of them were just simple dump ins. They were just kind of cupcake shots that they kind of counted. So really he didn't face any type of pressure whatsoever in the, in the second period. He could have done snow angels in his crease and pitched a shutout through the, the, the first 20 minutes of his night. And then the third period came and Florida kind of started to, to pick it up a little bit. Like Florida's a talented team. I think we saw that tonight. Although they didn't have Barkov, I thought that Huberto played great. Um, there was, uh, who else played really good tonight? Huberto, Mike Hoffman played really good tonight. You know, there was a lot of really, really solid players. Mike Pissick, obviously, who I'll talk about a bit later, had a really good night. But all in all, just Hutchinson kind of melted in the third period there. Um, the Panthers only had an expected goals for of 1.27 goals against, and they had just four high danger chances in the entire game. Four of them. Four. And he allowed three goals when only expected to allow 1.27. So Hutchinson, uh, he had a pretty bad night. And I think it's it's unfortunate because he was playing so well as of late, or at least he was on a bit of a streak as of late. And, and now that streak comes to an end as, as he takes the L for tonight. But, you know, Hutchinson, I think it's pretty well obvious that if there is any sort of longer-term injury more than a couple of days – He's not the guy that you want to have in between the pipes backing up uh, this Leafs team. Just he's he hasn't really proven to be adequate enough to even be the backup long term. Like all season long, we've been looking for a different backup. I know he's played well as of late, but I mean he's just to me not an NHL goalie. There's nothing wrong with that. There's only really 60 people in the world who can be considered NHL quality goaltenders or 62, I guess now there's 31 teams. Um and I just don't think Hutchinson is in the top 62 of goalies in this league. I think that they could they could upgrade at that position and uh, tonight was just another one of those nights where it just was no good, not whatsoever, but 
you know, I don't blame him fully. I think in the third period, they kind of let their guard down a little bit. And uh, one player in particular, I think, uh, had the most ugly game of the season. So hockey, it's not an individual sport. So you can't say that he specifically cost the team the win. But this might be as close to making that claim as it gets. Cody Ceci was awful tonight. Awful. In the, like that third period, not only was he on the ice for the second, third, and fourth goal, but they were all directly as a result of him just not being in position or being outworked by the opponent. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> what was going through his head on a number of these a number of these goals, you know, the the Mark Pissick one that made it 4-3. No, sorry. The Mark Pissick one that made it 3-2 um just gets, you know, outworked. He leaves his man and and Matheson ends up putting it out in front and it's in the back of the net. Like he, he should have been glued to the bench after the Huber goal, Huberdo game-tying goal. But no, it continues to kind of be a pylon out there. And then Mike Hoffman, the go-ahead goal. He just gets outwards behind the net, loses a puck battle in behind the goal, and then ends up kind of, I don't know who, I forget who he got tied up. I think it was actually maybe Hoffman. Got tied up with Hoffman as he tried to, to go back in front of the net. And they both fell down, and then it just turned into a battle between him and Hoffman. And he gets outwards by Hoffman in front of his own goal. And then Hoffman ends up getting the puck and banks it in off of CC, and that's the go-ahead, that's the game winner. And CC on ice for the second, third, and fourth goal for the Florida Panthers, all three in a row here by the Panthers in the third period. And that was kind of that was the type of performance that really makes you look and think like, is this a guy who should maybe spend a couple of games in the press box? Like I know he's still kind of young. He's used in a lot of different areas. Like, he's used on the penalty kill. And for some reason, the Leafs believe that he has some type of uh, skill in him that, that or some, there's like some other stats that they're looking at that we're not. Like, I don't know what it is, but they seem to always come to CC's defense, the, this this staff, this management. Um, but, but I think it, Kevin Papetti actually sent out a great tweet at the end of the game. He said, um, if the Leafs really want to have internal accountability, Lilligren should be in for CeCe on Wednesday night, right? And I think I agree with that. Like a game like this, CeCe, you got to give your head a shake. you got to have some sort of accountability for the way that you played. You cost your team tonight. Like, again, like I said earlier, it's not a, a an individual sport, but, you know, those key plays that he made – in tonight's game directly resulted in goals being scored on his team. Like they had this win in the bag and then he just kind of lost focus and, and just wasn't giving any effort. It was just a pathetic performance. Absolutely awful. Um, And it's, it's one that I think should warrant some sort of discipline. Like maybe it's starting the game or they like, I don't know if it would get this bad, but maybe dress him, but just not play him at all. CC, you're being dressed. We're going to roll a 5D. Uh, I, I don't think they would do that, obviously. That would be difficult. But, you know, they're playing a bit of a weaker opponent. They're playing the Rangers. So I guess, you know, maybe they could do that against a, a weaker opponent. But probably not. More so, I think, you go with what Kevin Papetti was offering. And uh, you call up Lilligren And you sit 
CC in the press box. I, I just I'm I've been preaching it kind of all year that he's a player. I'm kind of sick and tired of of hating on all season long and and just every single game or every other game it seems like uh he's showing up in my in my bad or ugly column and I'm just sick of it. I'm done. I'm done with him. Like this is this is a player who's eating up far too much cap space, like four and a half million dollars in cap. He's a player that is um allowing goals left, right and center like tonight. He led the team with an expected goals against of 1.27. And relative to his teammates, it was a minus 46.65 percentage. That's not good. That's awful. And Cody Cece was awful tonight. I don't know. I, I, I really hope that he's not in the lineup come, uh, come Wednesday when they take on the Rangers. And I do hope that they give Lilligren another opportunity. He got the one game just ahead of the All-Star break. Maybe they give him another game here. And if he plays well enough, I think it'd be worth taking CeCe out of the lineup and maybe try and find somebody who could take his contract on to try and open up some cap space for your team going into the deadline. That's what I, I've been preaching, and I just hope. I know it's easier said than done, but I hope that is something that that. Um, Kyle Dubas is, is working on a, a way to, to move on from CC and open up that cap space so that they can make other moves that that's what they need to do because nights like tonight are happening far too often for this kid and this kid well I guess he's not really a kid anymore he's been in the league for for five six years but nights like tonight he looks like he's playing like a rookie who hasn't played in the NHL We'll see what happens with CeCe, like I said. But I hope, I really do hope that something happens with him and he's not playing every single night for this team down the stretch and hopefully not in the playoffs either. Um, All right, so there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Coming up next, we'll we'll chat some, some more of this game. I have some more observations that I want to discuss. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into the Anderson injury as well, obviously. And off that, in the third segment, we'll go through some targets that maybe Kyle Dubas and the Leafs should look into if Anderson is, in fact, going to be out for a little bit longer than uh, than we hope, which is, you know, if he's not back by tomorrow, let's see if we can get somebody in for Wednesday's game against the Rangers. Uh, so that'll all be coming up in in just a moment. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you. Uh, Leafs falling 5-3 to three to the Florida Panthers, a game that they totally should have had and probably would have had if Freddie Anderson didn't get hurt. Like, let's be honest here. The first couple of periods, they were fantastic, and they played an exceptional second period and didn't allow any type of pressure or any chances uh, on Hutchinson. So he, you know, Pitched a, a three-save shutout in the second period. But then when facing a little bit of pressure, uh, he kind of collapsed there along with the rest of the team in the in the third period. And I don't think that would have happened if Freddie Anderson didn't get hurt. So I think the, the Anderson injury is is somewhat to blame here. Not that you're blaming Anderson for getting hurt, but it's, a, it's a, you know, another factor that went into this loss, this unfortunate loss that it seemed like, you know, the Leafs outplayed them for so long. And, and it's a, a crucial two points 
and a four-point swing that they desperately needed and uh, were unable to get. So um, I think Anderson's injury was was crucial for that. Um, let's let's get a little more in depth on this injury. Here's uh, I, I I pulled in the clip of what Sheldon Keefe was talking about post game about you know just his first reaction on the injury. And uh, so here's Keefe uh, talking about Frederick Anderson post game. Uh, I guess he's feeling better. Is what I'm what I'm told. Uh, they're just gonna have to uh, give him the night and see how he is in the morning. What play did he get hurt on? Uh, I don't know those those details. No. Was he in concussion protocol? Uh, he was. He went through that whole process, but he he, he My understanding is he went went or the results were positive on that, and they were just given the nature of the injury and everything. They wanted to, uh, you know, take take caution and give it time. Uh, so that's what they'll they'll uh, do. They'll give him tonight and see how he is in the morning. You know, yeah, no, no, I don't want to see how he is in the morning and if he gets on the ice and practices and all that kind of stuff. But uh, practice isn't ruled out for tomorrow at this point. Okay. So to me, that's a little vague. Uh, he didn't really say much. I guess they're going to check him out tomorrow and, and see if he's okay. He said he was feeling better uh, as the game progressed at the end of the game. So hopefully it was just kind of banged up a little bit and, and it was just for precautionary reasons, like they said. But uh, the weird thing about this injury, um, if you're watching the game, I think initially everybody thought that it was going to be a lower body injury because there was a play in the first period where Frank Vetrano ran into the goaltender. He kind of just got um, kind of got decked out by by I can't remember who it was, but the defenseman kind of took him out of the play and he went running into Anderson into the net um totally accidental uh so so there was no rough stuff after that but anderson was down for a little bit it was a pretty hard collision i think that's where i at first along with i'm sure a bunch of you guys thought oh no that's that's an injury that's definitely where he got hurt it had to have been and then it was revealed that it was an upper body injury and at first first thing that crossed my mind was upper body it didn't seem like he got hit in the upper body. It seemed like it may have been like a leg injury or some sort. And then I thought, oh, no, upper body. What if that's a concussion? And that's what it turned out to be. Um, so I think the, the other play that they're saying this could have happened was a bit earlier in the game, Mark Pissick, who turned out to be the, the Leafs demon of the night, uh, kind of bumped into him while skating through the crease a little bit. Uh, and there was there was a clip out there. Uh, I did see. It. I think it was shared by by Leafs all day, maybe or or uh, Tic Tac Tomar um, through Leafs Twitter of him kind of a little shaken up after they took he took that little bit of a hit off of Pissick, and he was a little slow to kind of gather himself. So that could have been where it was. Uh, regardless, I really really hope that this is, isn't a long term thing. It's not something that. You know, the things with concussions is they can be dangerous because they can reoccur so easily. Um, you, you think about what happened to Brendan Gallagher just a couple of weeks ago out in Montreal. You know, he was out with a concussion, and then he came back, and then in that game, 
he got hit and then just didn't feel right, and then he missed another six games after that. So that that's something that you got to be weary about, and I think that's why they took him out of this game, just so that if it was kind of a minor, kind of a head-rattling type uh, injury, that it wasn't something that they could make it a, a, a more severe injury. Um, so, so we'll we'll see what they end up doing. They say that tomorrow that they're going to give us more of an update uh, he's going to come in, probably do some more testing and, and see how he feels tomorrow. Uh, so I guess check out tomorrow's podcast. We'll have uh, another update on that. Hopefully everything's all good. Uh, but if not, again, later on this podcast, I'm going to go through a couple of, uh, to me, what I think will be probably the the targets I would go after if Anderson is injured. Uh, so, so you'll want to stick around for that. Uh, a couple of players who I thought had a really good game, though, I thought William Nylander, again, you know, he's a guy, he's been super consistent really over the last couple of months. Uh, he's been he's been fantastic. Scored his 25th goal of the year tonight. Uh, a career high, 25 goals. Every goal he scores now is going to be considered a career high for the rest of the season. But, you know, just a beautiful tip pass from from Kasperi Kapanen. That was kind of the go-ahead goal in the second period. Um, he had a few more really good chances. Had a 73% shot share when he was out on the ice. So, uh, led the team in, in, in uh, Corsi percentage. Like, Nylander, he was out there and, and he was making things happen. Um, I thought that he had a great game. Captain as well, the guy who set him up. Um, he had a really good bounce back game. Remember, he was out Saturday because of his suspension. And when you miss a game because of something silly like that, uh, where he slept in and missed a team meeting and you had to miss a game, that's you, you feel bad. You definitely feel bad. So so the next time you're in the lineup, you're going to make sure that, that you go gung-ho and you have a really good game. And I thought that he did. He had a, he had a good bounce back. Like I said, he had the assist on that one Nylander goal, had a few more uh, really nice plays. And I thought late in the third period, he had another really good opportunity. He had a cross-ice feed to, to Engvall there in the third period. But Bobrovsky, you know, arguably makes a, a game-winning save. And, and if that Engvall is able to redirect that puck in, I think – this could have been a different outcome. So, um, you know, but he was he was really good. But at the end of the day, I think Bobrovsky and Mark Pissick really won this game for Florida. You know, Bobrovsky made 31 stops. The Leafs had 14 high danger chances uh, in this one. Uh, he was incredible through the first few periods, or really the, the whole game. I mean, the Leafs absolutely peppered him in the first period, and and he wasn't he wasn't phased by anything. You were the first two goals they, that beat him. They were just shots that were redirected in front, and he didn't have time to really um, to uh, to react to them. I think maybe the one that was a little weird was was the Tavares goal because it seemed like it was slow. But I don't know, maybe he just didn't see it when it popped in uh, off of his stick and, and up over him. But and then even the Matthews goal, it was just Matthews, you know, right out in front of him, receives a pass and kind of tips it in or keeps shovels it in right in front of him. I, I think it just kind of caught him off guard, to be quite honest with you. But for the most part, Bobrovsky was amazing. Like this could have been a four five nothing game through through two periods or four five one game through two periods, and Bobrovsky is the one who kept the Panthers into it. And that's something that the Panthers really need. Like that's that's bad news for for the Leafs. Not only because they lost two points in this one, but because if Bobrovsky's getting it going for them, look out because that's really been the the, the Achilles heel for Florida so far this year has been the goaltending and the fact that Bob's hasn't been the ten million dollar goaltender that they signed. But if this is the guy and he's finally started to pick it up, you know everyone just talks about everybody expects that. 
when players get signed through through free agency, it's you know they just expect the things are in a vacuum and and the success is going to boil over to the next team right away. You know sometimes it's it's a little different. Like Joel Quenville plays a different style system than than Tortorella did in Columbus. Like and it takes a little bit to adjust. You know the team isn't isn't as you know the defense in front of him in Florida isn't as good as the D that was in front of him in Columbus. So he has to adjust his game. You know it's it is an adjustment and it seems like he's over the last few weeks or so like this team's eight and two in their last ten and Bobrovsky's starting to really play like the elite goaltender that they thought that they were getting when they signed him this summer. So that's a bad thing for the Leafs. Um, and he was kind of the MVP tonight. Mark Pissick. Hat trick, first career hat trick. Um, obviously, kind of a, a, a wonky hat trick with the third one being an empty netter. But you know, hey, you fight for that, Hattie. You get him. Go ahead. Um, the funny thing about Pissick, he's got five goals his last eight games, which bests his career high of four goals in an entire eighty-two game season. So his last eight games, he's outproduced his entire seasons before. It's it's quite hilarious, actually, when you take a look at it. Um, it the thing about Pissick, I when did he convert to a forward? Like, it, he's always been a defenseman, and, and I thought a, a fairly reliable defenseman. Um, but today, he's, he's sitting there as the fourth-line winger for the Florida Panthers. And I just don't know when that happened. Uh, maybe if... If there's a Panthers fan that's listening, you could kind of enlighten me as as to why he was playing forward. If this has been happening all season, maybe last year this happened, and I just am so lost in Leafland that I had no idea. But I, I hey, it worked out. Like to me, this is it reminds me of when Dustin Bufflin uh, was in Chicago and he kind of converted to forward, um, and he was just a pain in the ass. I remember when they were going up against the Canucks, you know, when they were winning their championships. Uh, in Chicago back, you know, when Buffalo was there. So I guess it would have been, like, 09. And was he there for – yeah, I guess it would have just been the 09 one since they moved on from him and, and he went to uh, to Winnipeg after that. But um, he was just a big body, just a big boy that they put out in front of the net. And he would just move defensemen and bang away at pucks. And that's kind of what Mark Pissick did. You know, he was a pest all night. Uh, he played really well in his limited time. He's a big body who just went to the net and just people found him out in front and, and he banged away at pucks and, and they ended up in the back of the net. And, you know, Pesic, first career hat trick. I'd probably lay down money that that's going to be his only career hat trick, but, uh, you know, good on him. Um, I, I'm just really confused and, and I'd like to know if he's a guy who. Uh, they plan on converting him into a forward full time, or was this just like a one time thing because they had they had some injuries, or because um, they weren't able to call anybody up when they found out that Barkov was going to be in the game? I'm I'm just seriously curious what's going on there. But he played well. Um, all right, so that that'll kind of put a little bow tie, a couple of. Couple of really good performances out of the Leafs. Couple of good performances out of Florida. Uh, just you know, the theme of it was that last period, the final 18, 19 minutes of the game. Uh, the Leafs kind of really pissed it away, and it wasn't even that much. It was probably only about ten minutes of it. You know, they played fifty strong, great minutes of hockey, but it wasn't enough to come away with the two points. 
And uh, Florida not only snakes two points away from the Leafs, but also takes the third and final divisional spot and bumps the Leafs back out of the playoffs. So Toronto, they're going to have to get back into it on Wednesday when they take on the Rangers. they got to get back to the winning ways. That's for sure. Uh, All right, coming up next, though, we will discuss some of the goalie targets that uh, the Leafs should be looking in on if Freddie Anderson is, in fact, injured long-term. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you. So Freddie Anderson injured in tonight's game. Uh, he left after, well, he, he finished out the first period and then kind of at the beginning of the second, uh, Hutchinson ended up in net, and we were all kind of like, huh, what's going on? And then obviously the news came down from Lee's PR that he was being reevaluated and that he would not return to the game. Um, so I, I have a list of what are you, one, two, three, four, five, six, six players here, six goaltenders around the league that I think that the Leafs could be interested in bringing into the team, uh, mainly, you know, as, as a backup, but could shoulder a load as a starter for just a little bit. If Anderson is hurt long-term, uh, and the first guy that I have here is Anderson. Not Freddie, but Craig Anderson. We'll go with the Anderson twins as our as our goaltending as our goaltending tandem down the stretch. Uh, he's a UFA at the end of the year, 38 years old. He makes 4.75 million. So obviously, uh, that's kind of a situation where Ottawa is going to have to retain some money or take some salary back. Cody CC, um, which they probably won't do because they had CC last year and and they are aware of how terrible he is, um, but. You know, this is a goalie that it's it's probably he's done at the end of the season. Like, he's probably going to retire, uh, and this would be his last chance to try and, and fight for a cup. So I think maybe Craig Anderson could be somebody who can come in. He can start some games. He's obviously been a starter for years and years and years, uh, first with Colorado and then with now with Ottawa. And uh, he's a really good goaltender, and I wouldn't mind having him be the backup. He's somebody that I'd trust if Anderson, you know, God forbid, is out long term or you know needs a couple of nights off just to to kind of get refreshed to try and keep that starting number under 60 starts and then give Craig Anderson a few more starts uh, down down the stretch. Um all right, so a couple more that I'm interested in. I think Jimmy Howard is kind of in the same boat as Anderson. He's 35, 36 years old. UFA at the end of the year, 4 million dollars in cap. Um I don't think it'd take much to get him to be quite honest with you. Again, Detroit probably have to retain some money or take some salary back, but they're a rebuilding team. I'm sure they would be glad to to do that if if they can get an, a, a little bit of an asset, like a, a draft pick or something. Uh, moving on down the list a little bit more. Uh, so this is uh, so Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford are two players that I kind of have here as somebody. You know, they're starters. Both of them technically a one A one B starters over in Chicago. Bob McKenzie talked about it on the broadcast, actually. I never thought of maybe bringing in one of these two, but but it makes sense. They're both UFAs at the end of the year. Um, I'd imagine that they want to keep one of them, but probably not both. Uh, so I think one of them could be used as a trade chip and and bring in somebody else or bring in um, any other, bring in some sort of asset, I guess, as opposed to letting him walk. 
Leonard would probably be the preferred because I think he's the better goaltender of the two. That being said, I think Crawford would be somebody, A, he's older, and B, um, I think he's somebody who would probably be a little more affordable. I would think Leonard's somebody who they would like to, to keep, therefore it would take quite a bit to, to bring him and pry him out of the Blackhawk organization. I know they only signed him to a one-year deal, but I think that was just to see if uh, he was going to work, and it seemed like he has worked so far. The team's obviously not that great uh, right now. They're kind of in a retooling phase, but Leonard's still young enough, and he's 27, 28 years old. You know, he could be a goaltender for you for the next seven to ten years. Um, so I'd imagine that one of those two could be available. So maybe you go ahead and, and you try and, and bring them in. Same deal though. A lot of these players, and if you're going to go out and get, and this is the issue with Cody CC taking up four and a half million dollars in cap is they're so far, so much up against it that they really do need either somebody to retain salary or to take on some salary an extra contract, um, a high money contract in return to get pretty much any of these guys. Uh, Georgiev and RFA, he's making, you know, league minimum 750000 or something like that. Um, he's more of a long-term solution. He's an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, a long-term solution at the backup position, I think, uh, which is something that obviously you need. You know, it's nice to get Anderson or Howard, bring him in for the rest of the year, and then we'll kind of attack the backup market maybe in the summer at free agency or uh, via trade later on. But Georgiev's a guy who I think kind of addresses the problem long-term. He's on the block now with Shesterkin playing so well, young Russian netminder who came over from uh, from the KHL. And he's played really well since he got called up uh, about a month ago or so. Henrik Lundqvist, obviously, he's not going anywhere. He's been their rock for years. So Georgiev out there on the market, I think that he's somebody that the Leafs have checked in on and will continue to check in on as the deadline approaches. Um, again, not too sure what it would take to get him, to be quite honest with you. I've, I've heard many different... Um, many different uh, proposals, and, and it's as much as you know, Kapanen plus Janssen plus, or maybe it would just take uh, Brocco uh, and a pick, or you know, it's just I've heard a lot of different offers out there on Georgiev. I wouldn't be willing to give up Janssen or Kapanen plus for him, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I think I'd rather give up that type of deal to bring in like a defenseman with term. If, if that is something that they're looking to do, which it's been well reported that they are. Um, so so it, it really just depends what it takes to, to get your gift because they're not just going to give him away. He's 25. He's still young and still has a, a prosperous career ahead of him. So it's not like they're just looking to to get somebody to take him off their hands. So it's going to cost something to get him. We'll, we'll see. Um, and lastly, so this is my kind of dark horse candidate that I haven't heard many – people talking about and I don't blame them because he hasn't really been a quality goaltender in the past but Aaron Dell a 30 year old netminder currently with the San Jose Sharks he's a UFA at the end of the year he's making 1.9 million dollars he's actually supplanted um, Martin Jones for the starter job in San Jose which isn't saying much to be quite honest because Jones has been awful, but uh, Dell's been pretty good since he's taken over the starting role. Since the new year, he's got a 5-4 and four record, a 9.27 save percentage, and a 234 goals against average, which I think is pretty good. Like, that's that's 
great actually uh in a, in a month like that's something if we got that out of freddie anderson we'd probably be looking a lot better than we are <laughs> to be quite honest with you and at 30 years old i don't think he's a guy that they're going to be looking to build around so why not try and harvest an asset for him collect a, a a second or a third round pick or or a, a prospect you know like a b-level prospect plus a pick um I don't think it would take that much to get him. Again, he's 30, and, and he's a pending UFA. I don't think that it would take much at all. He played uh, Tampa over the weekend, actually. He looked pretty good. He only allowed two goals on, on 34 shots there. So knowing that he can stop the puck against Tampa also is an added bonus in my books. If, you, if you're if uh, you looking for somebody to, to bring in, not bad. Um, so that's kind of my dark horse candidate. I think Aaron Dell's some, someone that nobody's talking about, but I think that it'd be an interesting, interesting pickup if they can get him and maybe package him with, with Brendan Dillon from San Jose. And now, now that's when you're looking to maybe uh, add in your, your Janssen or your captain, you know, try and take your, your forward depth and spread it throughout the rest of the lineup. Um, so that's... That's where we're at. I think uh, if Anderson is injured long-term, even if he's not injured long-term, I wouldn't mind if they went out and got some of these goaltenders. Uh, probably Leonard, Crawford, Jimmy Howard, I could probably pass on if it's just you know a quick injury, like a, a couple of days, and he'll only miss like a start or two at the max. But anything more than that, if he's out longer term, a couple of weeks, um, you know, maybe you look for somebody who has uh, a starter's pedigree so that he can get you, they can get us through that those tough times. Because at this point, we're outside of the playoffs. There's 30 games left. Uh, there's not much time, not much room for error. So you gotta you gotta try and collect as many wins as possible going forward. And getting a really good goaltending performance is your best way to do that. So, uh, but we'll see if they end up doing anything. Realistically, they seem to be sticking by Hutchinson for whatever reason. Even tonight, when when asked, you know, on Hutchinson's performance, they they came up with every excuse in the book, which to some extent is valid. You know, oh, he came in cold and didn't face much in the second, so the third kind of caught him off guard a little bit. And I get that; it, it makes sense. But at the end of the day, it's his job to stop the puck, and he didn't do it. And for the most part of the season, he hadn't stopped the puck. Like outside of his shutout performance against the Islanders, who aren't that strong an offensive team, anyways he really hasn't been that good. So um, I think the backup goaltending situation is going to have to get addressed, and even more so if Anderson is to miss some time uh, with this concussion. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Be sure to check back in here tomorrow for another episode. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.